Hello everyone, welcome to the Shine a Light on series. Today we'll be shining a light on the power and exploring passions with Sharif Abbasi. Welcome Sharif. Thanks for having me, Rai. How you doing? Good, good. Thank you for asking. I'm excited for this chat today. To start, do you mind giving us a brief introduction to who you are? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a Palestinian Muslim, 21-year-old from uh, New Jersey, and my journey into sort of the world technology and entrepreneurship really started when I was younger. When I was younger, I'd say that I was always really fascinated with like the world of technology. There was like this really slow like wave of technology, which was like dial-up and like floppy disk reuse, and I just remember seeing those sort of inefficiencies. And then like just growing up, there was just this massive information transformation of like the landscape around us, in which we just saw like cloud technology really taking over you could be able to social media talk to someone via social media like anywhere around the world with facebook be able to google anything you wanted wikipedia was there it was just this, this massive change in the ecosystem around us i guess that really got me passionate and curious about technology i became like really into like video games and gaming computers laptops hardware any tech news like console wars between like playstation and xbox along all those specs and all that when i was a kid i guess that really brought me to being passionate and interested about technology and learning about it in college at cornell and co-founding my own education technology startup cumulus in which we look to help and give back to underrepresented minority students in terms of like technology education mentorship and community my ability and privilege i had to really explore and delve into so many different areas of tech. It just made it me interested in giving back and just paying it forward. Definitely. Thank you for that introduction. I feel like much of the work you do with Cumulus aligns very well with our topic today. Equitable access to opportunities in general, specifically educational professional opportunities. Before we dive in, do you mind just covering what equity means in the way that we're using it today? Yeah, absolutely. The emphasis is really on equity and opportunity rather than equal access because I think equal access is a bit of a deceptive term in which we think that if people can look into it and find the certain information that they would understand how to use it, there really needs to be a lot more of a framing around the purpose of a certain tool and how to really maximize that. So that's why I think equity is really important and also sort of entails like the cultural understanding of something in which that if you hypothetically were to say that, oh, like you could go on YouTube and find hours and hours of like computer science courses. Like why can't anyone just do it no matter what your background is? But there's certain kids who may have had the certain privilege of having mothers and fathers who worked in those fields and were really exposed to technology at a younger age. So they have more of an aptitude for those types of fields because they just saw them so much at such a younger age. Well, maybe someone else who's in a less fortunate situation who that he or she may have to have uh, helped their parents growing up by like working at their family restaurant or something of that sort. So they might have just not have the same ability to just immediately delve into the topic and may need more structure and learning and just guidance more than anything. So I think that's why equity really covers is that not only just giving the certain resources, but also guiding and along the way having that sort of interactive learning experience. Definitely. Equality in general or equal access is essentially giving everyone the same amount of resources and such. When I think of equity for myself or equitable access to something, it's what you give to someone or what you present to them to help them get somewhere else. It depends on their situation. Just like you're describing, someone might need more resources to get to the same exact place as someone else. Thank you for covering that. I know we're talking about education and professional opportunities today. Let's start just with education, though. So both of these alone are massive topics. From your experiences, where do you see a lack of equitable access to educational opportunities? 
it starts at a younger age. Really throughout the K-8 education system, there's a really strong emphasis on structure and adhering to certain like rules or norms within a, a classroom setting. That, that's that obviously, you know, you need to have that sort of ability to understand and like societal norms and like to have like an understanding of like English or like phonics or grammar and things like that. But there's a lack of giving students the resources to really go and delve into their creative aspirations and energy and really cultivating their passions for when they're older. And that lack of that as a younger kid is growing up in the education system will result in a lot of students having maybe high good grades or or having done the right things in this education system but not knowing where their passions lie which is what really leads to later years in high school and college a lot of students who may have been successful not really knowing what to do with their specific skill set because they never had the opportunity to really understand and learn about their own passions and interests and hobbies and how to cultivate that and turn that into like their life's work rather than just getting the right grades and kind of saying what a teacher would want them to that makes sense. From your opinion, in a perfect world, what does equitable access to education look like? I guess you emphasize like K through 12 education. What would that look like? I think it would be a lot more classes that are centered around free thinking in a way, like teaching students how to think and process things earlier, like more more so problem solving, less of an emphasis on like just pure grades, have students understand more of an innate desire and passion to really love and appreciate learning, then that will lead to them just like wanting to learn and continue to thrive and do well in school, like trying to learn and understand a topic as like well as you can just for that satisfaction. So you're focusing on almost like a student's equitable access to their own potential, not necessarily sitting in a classroom. Well, it could be, but more so than students really reenact and do things that they would do in the real world. You mentioned earlier specifically creativity. Do you feel like that is lacking in the education system as a whole, or is this sort of a personal experience, or maybe both? Definitely both, I'd say. Even in the way I like non-core classes taught, like whether it's like art, music, they're had less often, they're kind of perceived as like not serious or jovial, and it's not really meant in a way to like really get students interested. You'll see schools interested in just giving you, it's like a lot, a lot of different subjects, but like a very shallow look into each one. Instead of that, it would be more interesting to see students be able to have those art and music classes where it's more so like understanding and navigating what you might be interested in or like what sort of genre you might with your family plays around the house and exploring music notes or things like that and then also they could have maybe another class that like like cs or something like something like that where it's like a more kid-friendly like cs class that you could learn and or something else maybe such as like graphic design or like having kids like be able to play with that at a younger age i think a lot of kids would really untap and realize their passions like sooner so I guess getting at the root of why we're chatting about this, what is the benefit to kids and students in general to sort of like unlock their own potential? I feel like my own learning propensity kind of transformed when I was younger and my brother really took me under his, his wing and he really wanted to like help me understand like what I was interested in and wanted to learn. He was in college at the time and he would bring me books from his like economics classes or history classes and just, we'd just be like, yeah, try it, see what you think. It was cool to like see these different topics you couldn't really get into because I guess you were having someone who was more personalized and interested in my education and maybe say like you know you're you're always into music as a kid so maybe understanding so like the music like rhythms and notations and things like that or like oh you're interested in technology so like looking at like deeper technology like trends and stuff in marketplaces that could be cool to see more classes like that as well where it's like a, a class a younger entrepreneurial class for kids that maybe look into and understand like different companies that have really become like largely known through like Google or Facebook, like what are they doing? Like even if it's a bit more simplified because kids are younger, that could just really lay the foundation for future classes they take or it could be something that they talk about in ten to fifteen years of like why they did what they did. Little things can make a big difference. I feel like we had similar childhoods in the sense that we were able to explore. Like this is almost a privilege that maybe we both had was we were able to try many, many things. And it sounds like this this privilege that you had 
thanks to your brother, of trying many things, you want to see happen more in the actual educational system so that students can understand their passions. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my brother um, Waleed really like went above and beyond in that and sort of trying to give me that, that sort of personalized guidance. And like, even if I felt like a little frustrated by a certain teacher, oh, there's someone who would kind of tell you that, oh, that's just like temporary, don't worry about that. But like, there's, but like there's so many other cool things to explore. The system worked in a way that every kid felt that. I think that would be like, that would just be really awesome. Yes, I agree. That does sound like like a perfect world to me. But I must acknowledge the the elephant in the room, which I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about listening in, is there are two main pressures, I think, that prevent students, probably from a young age these days, from studying their passions. I think the first is just society, especially these days. STEM is sort of seen as some, some higher being than any other field. So that's the first, just the societal pressures. And then the second, the one I hear most often is just parents. What are your thoughts there? How do students combat this if they know that their passion is somewhere else? That's a really great point. So I guess I have the privilege of like both my parents just kind of believing me. What I would tell parents out there is to really let your, your kids navigate what they want to do. If someone really loves a certain idea or field or passion or whatever they want to do, that they'll find a way to be successful in it. That really, you'll, you'll always be better at something that you really deeply are passionate about. That would be the main message I would give the parents. Part of the reason why I think there's like sort of the idea of obviously we want to live in an idealistic world where everyone can pursue whatever they really want, which is I guess why with Cumulus, it's geared towards like more underrepresented minority students, maybe in a bit more um, tumultuous financial circumstances, especially during the pandemic. Understanding and kind of realizing that problem myself, I wanted to help give like give that sort of guiding and helping hand to a lot of students and maybe give them that sort of that, that boost that they can need to really, really do what they want to. Which is why I love Cumulus. Love your, your mission and all. I appreciate your answer because I do think it's sort of important for parents to realize. Unfortunately, by the time people become parents, I think that these ideals that they pass on to their children are, are pretty deeply rooted. What advice would you actually give the students themselves? Because I think by advising the parents, you're still leaving the power to the parents. I'm wondering if there's any sort of empowerment or advice that we could provide students. Just always keep your head up. I'd say be confident in whatever you really want to do. Just sort of like an irrational confidence and like just faith in yourself is like the best sort of tool you could have growing up. And I grew up in like a bit more of like a smaller town. There was really no one who really understood like strategy and like, and like big tech or entrepreneurship or like where I really lived. That wasn't, that was, wasn't something people did. I guess I always was like a big like Donald Glover fan growing up. He was like the first person I really saw in media that was doing things so differently. He like went to like traditionally to like NYU for like film school, but then was making music but on his own, completely learned everything. And like the style when she made it was so different. And then stand up comedy and acting was completely unconventional. No one's done what he did, but it worked. So I really tell people that it, to like look for people that maybe even if they don't do what you're gonna do just sort of think the way that you want to you know there'll be days where it's you know maybe the dream looks a little farther away which is normal i guess i'd say just keep the long-term goal in sight work towards that and just believe in yourself oh yes that's great advice for some students they probably feel like they have no option like they must study what their parents suggest that they do or whatever they feel pressured to study so i like this idea that you're bringing up of just sticking true to who you are and having this confidence in yourself because i think even if you have that everyone it seems like everyone and their mother has a, a side hustle these days where they're pursuing what they're passionate about so even if what you're studying doesn't exactly align there are 24 hours in a day, so perhaps finding some time to make sure you're fulfilling your passions too. Absolutely.
Did you have anything else you wanted to add? I guess I'd also say that there's always be learning new things. Because I think that even if, you know, maybe you have a, if you're interested in, let's say, graphic design and you loved gaming as a kid, you're really into comic books and you wanted to figure out how to somehow turn your artistic passion into a career. And you understand and know that like there's greedy graphic design and stuff for video games and TV shows, things of that nature. But I'll say to be versatile and maybe read and delve into like art history or philosophy or other passions or other fields that may not seem like they're the same thing, but because they could give you sort of newer insights and perspectives on looking into something. There's just always ways to improve your craft and also just make yourself a more holistic and interesting person. That's a great point. My next big question for you, we've talked about this sort of opportunity, access to unlocking your own potential or empowering others to unlock their potential. Who, who exactly is responsible for this in letting someone know or giving someone the freedom to explore their passions? I mean, you could have as much support in the world. You could have like brothers, sisters, friends, parents that really believe in you. But ultimately, it kind of come, it really comes down to yourself at the end of the day let go of that sort of insecurity and worry about maybe looking a bit weird or different and how you're pursuing something and just go for it. Just go all out and do exactly what you want to do, like have a plan and just really lock in. So I think ultimately it just comes down to like having that sort of plan and drive. Definitely. I think this goes back to the point you made earlier about having that confidence in yourself that even if things don't work out, it's okay. <laughs> you will get past it. Yes, I, I definitely agree. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I do want to ask too, and I know we've talked about education and finding your passions as a student. Do you have any thoughts on, I suppose, unlocking your passions or finding what you're really passionate about in the workplace and professional opportunities? How, how does one go about that? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I'd say first and foremost, definitely finding a certain niche in which your pat your like own hobby could be. I think that's like one way to really do it. That could be highly effective intertwining your passions and your work, or it could also be entirely different. Maybe you have like a certain like a passion for, for music or you like absolutely love producing and singing or like playing the piano, but you like working more so in fintech. I guess I'd say to really just understand whether you want those to be intertwined or not and understand what type of company cultures intrigue you and like looking into the stories of founders as well. Maybe if you don't find like a founder story or their company interesting, then you're probably not going to want to work there. So I guess it's really looking into there and try doing that due diligence. Yes, that's great advice. Thank you very much for sharing. Do you have any last words of wisdom for people who want to unlock their own potential either at school or in the workplace? I would say to really picture your long-term plan and what you're doing. I think usually when I think about my own career goals and like goals with teamless and entrepreneurship as well, I think it's sort of how I want it to fit into a sort of life plan and think about what would you want your own professional summary to say. And then from that point, thinking about what exactly you want, think about a way to get there. And it could, you know, it might not deal immediate thing. Uh, you know, it might take longer for some people and it might be quick for others. Be agile, have the sort of long-term plan in sight and figure out how each of your goals sort of add up and collect to really make you who you want to be. Great, great advice. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you again for joining us. It was great chatting with you. Absolutely. That was my pleasure. Awesome. To anyone tuning in, thank you for joining us as well. As always at Opal, we shine brighter together and we'll see you next time.